As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Tuesday, May 24th, Michael Beller, Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston here with you continuing our run through each of the eight divisions and looking at them from an early fantasy perspective for this 2022 season. We have already checked off the AFC West and the AFC East on today's episode. We take a turn into the opposite conference and talk about the NFC South. Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons on our radar for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake Seeley, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Fun times. We went to the worst division possible. Fun times. <laughs> at, at least not for fantasy, though. It's it's still good. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of fantasy discussions, I think, to be had in this division. And sure, we know that the Buccaneers are going to win this division, almost certainly, right, Brandon Funston? But uh, fantasy-wise, there's uh, there's plenty to talk about, I think, among these four teams. Well, I mean, plenty might be stretching a bit. Stuff, you know, <laughs> stuff. yeah, stuff to talk about. It. What's the odds on Tampa winning this division? Because you know, those things did involve it, stuff. Yeah, is there any way they don't? I guess if, even if Tom Brady went down, Brady, probably Brady still win. <laughs> <laughs> Brady injury is about the only way I can think of that they don't win this division. But I, I like. Uh, the Saints are all right. The Saints could be a, a competitive little team. I think the Saints, as we've talked about a few times on this show, they've got reason to believe they're a, 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 not only a legitimate playoff contender, but with three wild cards should be considered a favorite to get one of those three wild cards and make the playoffs. And so there's things with all four of these teams. Obviously, the Bucks are at the top, but Saints, plenty of fantasy goodness. The, the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, there's plenty of fantasy stuff to talk about there. And even the Falcons, uh, scouring their depth chart, it, it's gonna, it's not going to be pretty. But it might not be as bad as we're already discussing here in May. But let's start with the Buccaneers. Let's go. Let's go to the Buccaneers. Tom Brady was the QB two uh, and po- points scored last season. I, I think it's be a stretch to expect QB two again this year, Jake. But I mean, is it just same old, same old for Brady? Pencil in another monster year. He's going to be a top ten quarterback, and maybe it's as good as QB five. Maybe it's as bad as QB eleven. But you can basically just chalk up regular Brady expectations. I think that if you look at their offense, I don't think you expect anything different, honestly. You know, even Fournette's back, but you know, draft Rashad White, a nice pass catcher in his own right. But the 
basically just replaces Ronald Jones as a better pass mm-hmm. catcher behind Leonard Fournette. The biggest question we have right now is tight end, and then the second biggest is what is Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin, you've seen a range of should be ready for week one, two, might not be healthy to the end of September. Like, there's a lot of questions on him, but even if he's not 100% to start the year, you know, they brought in Russell Gage, and Tom Brady makes everybody good. So, yeah. and Cameron Brait is stepping up. And Cameron Brait is a great pass catcher. Actually, Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard back in the day, the reason we were frustrated for O.J. Howard is because he was too good of a blocker. And Cameron <laughs> Brait just kept running all the routes. So I don't think the loss, quote-unquote, if it happens, of Gronk is a big deal for Brady. I don't yeah. think Godwin not being 100% is a big deal for Brady. But you factor both those in together. I think what you said is the range. Tom Brady, top five, worst case, 10 I don't think I'm. I don't think I can see him getting outside the top ten. That would be a massive drop from to get outside the top ten, and five thousand and forty touchdowns just seems like that's Tom Brady now. You just yeah. pencil him in for that, unless he misses time finally at this point of his career. But I mean, <laughs> what makes he's the you Iron think that's Man of happen, Iron Man? Right? I know. <laughs> well, I was just quickly looking. Twenty nineteen was about as bra- bad a situation as Brady had, and he was QB twelve, right? Like, yeah. no, no. No oh offensive God. weapons there whatsoever. None. Four, no athleticism. Four thousand yards and twenty-four touchdown passes, yeah. and so it's no matter what happens there in Tampa, it can't it mm-hmm. can't get as bad as it was in New England. Yeah. And Brady has a has a, a footprint of about a phone booth that he moves around in, and <laughs> all he has to do anymore at this point is have one motion, which is a throwing mm-hmm. motion. He keeps himself in in great shape. He has a great offensive line. He can continue doing that for as long as those two things are. In order, you put he Mike had Evans two on rushing those... touchdowns last year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's good for one <laughs> yeah. of those popovers, right? Well, he had three uh, in twenty nineteen when he had to, yeah. you know, kind of do it himself. <laughs> hey, you put Mike Evans on those twenty nineteen Patriots, and he basically would have looked like Randy Moss plus Jerry Rice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this so, is I mean, the, this... this is a great rushing line. 2019. 26 carries, thirty four rushing yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> that is so the Jerome is... Bettis special. Yeah, yeah, right. That is just exactly. him. But Bettis rode the lines like that to the Hall of Fame. Maybe Tom Brady could get in. Right, this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He gets in as a passer and a rusher if he can have season after season. Just like that. Uh, Leonard Fournette had a great fantasy year last year, right, you guys? And Jake, you said it. Ronald Jones out. Rashad White in. Expectations for Leonard Fournette, are they on par with what we saw in 2021? Or do we realistically think there's something of a downgrade coming? No, I think that it's just copy-paste from Leonard Fournette last year. It just comes down to if you want more upside or do you want to lock in RB 8 to 10, somewhere around mm-hmm. there, because... I think the concern is Leonard Fournette's missed time more years than he hasn't in his NFL career. He's going to be touchdown reliant as he is in this offense. Didn't even have 200 carries last year. Didn't even have 900. He had 812 rushing yards last year, and he still finished top 10 uh, because he's involved in the passing game. So the concern here is does Rashad White peel a little bit off that him or off that from him and <laughs> off of that him so if he does he peel because ronald jones wasn't doing it sure. so does that end up being more of a split and then maybe he doesn't catch 69 maybe he catches 49 which would be a big ding and knock him out of rb1 territory mm-hmm. but maybe he gets more rushing opportunities maybe he gets double digit rushing touchdowns like aaron jones with the packers like running backs with tom brady of years past so i think leonard Fournette is the safest of the back end top 10 running backs but mm-hmm. i think that i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in round two because you're going to see people want more upside they're going to say 
DeAndre Swift. They're going to say J.K. Dobbins, maybe Cam Aker. Like these younger second, third year running backs. It's like, oh, they could finish top five. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, Leonard Fournette is RB6 again, that type of thing. Yeah, I think the best thing going for Leonard Fournette is just the – it's a comfort thing, and this is a team going for a Super Bowl, obviously, right. and they know that Leonard Fournette's going to do all the things right now that they want to have done. I, I think the interesting thing is I love Rashad White and you know his former wide receiver, who I think ultimately, like when you're throwing the ball in the flat, like they're going to see that they probably would rather at some point want Rashad White to have that ball in his hands more than Leonard Fournette, but. Like, how long is it going to take Rashad White to just kind of ease their concern that, you know, he's a rookie and he's going to do something dumb? And, you know, so I wonder kind of as you get towards the end of the year, if we're going to see them feeling more comfortable comfortable about White and maybe you're going to start to see Leonard Fournette lose touches kind of in the last month, month and a half of the season. What I is think the... it might be a little bit – I was going to say real quick, I think it might yeah, be a ahead. little bit more okay because it's Todd Bowles and not Arians now. And you have yeah. a, maybe a little bit more leeway than you did with Arians. He's like, you know, yeah. screw more, rookies. <laughs> like Bowles being more like conservative. Like we're going to play our good defense. We're not going to do anything. Oh, no. I was thinking like even more of a leash for Rashad White to get to show his value and not it. immediately write him off after one bad preseason game. Yeah. It, 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 you look at it a couple different ways. Where does does where? What's the best way to say this? I guess how, how does Rashad White factor as we're sitting here? three months before the heart of draft season. How does Rashad White, you think, factor into draft season? Does he factor into draft season? How does he do it? I I think he's a priority handcuff. Like, if you're going to say, like, most – like, we probably overblow, you know, handcuffs as, like, a necessity. I -hmm. think in some situations it makes a lot of sense, and I think Rashad White is one of those guys where it makes a lot of sense because it's plug and play. If something happens to Leonard Fournette, you have a potential – you know, top 15 running back, boom, right away. A guy that can catch a lot of passes. But by the way, I think he's a really good really good runner as well. And the NFL did too. I mean, he would end up being the fourth running back taken overall. So that was he was not fourth on a lot of people's lists. But, you know, I think the talent evaluators, they, where they put their money where their mouth is, said this guy, you know, I think he can be a, you know, a fully featured running back in the NFL. Absolutely. I think he's in the same conversation as Ronald Jones and mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson and Daryl Henderson and all these opportunities where they'll yeah. probably get a few touches every single week. And then if anything happens to the lead guy, you've got a top 15 running back, like Funston said. Yeah, it's a business as usual sort of team, right? Tom Brady, Mike Evans, uh, Leonard Fournette. It just feels like the, the maybe, you know, Brady's not going to be the QB one. Mike Evans is going to be the wide receiver one. Leonard Fournette's not going to be the RB one, but all these dudes are basically going to deliver on what their their draft day expectations are and so that's something you certainly like to see from anyone in the fantasy world and from a team that we expect to be very good once again in this 2022 season looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get to the New Orleans Saints, guys. I, I think Jameis being back on this team was a best case scenario for everyone involved. Uh, once we got, you know, once it was realistic that it was going to be sort of a Jameis or bust type of year for the Saints, him getting him back there. I mean, he was QB 14 in points per game last year, sandwiched in between Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill. And so there's, I think there's there's a, competent, a competency floor with Jameis as this team's quarterback, which who would have said that a few years ago? But I think that's that's realistic. And so I think if I'm looking at this team, I'm thinking of two things. Alvin Kamara, he uh, obviously has the charges that are pending against him. His hearing has been pushed back to August 1st. And so we just we have no idea what the results are going to be of that. You have Mark Ingram back. And so obviously, you know, we're going to have to wait until August to have some sort of read on what that is going to be like uh, with the Saints backfield. And then secondly, you know, this team goes out, they draft Chris Olave, they trade up to get Chris Olave on the team. They sign Jarvis Landry. Is Michael Thomas's health a question? I think those are the two big questions as we think about the Saints from a fantasy perspective. What are you looking at with these guys, Funston? Well, first of all, Winston, um, we got to remember he had one one game of what was a half a dozen starts where he was over 226 passing yards. He had two two massive TD pass games, so it was a little bit TD dependent. We haven't seen him really kind of just put up big numbers yet in the passing game other than the than the touchdowns but um the thing with michael thomas is dennis allen you know earlier this month came out and said he's michael thomas is still you know needing to clear a few hurdles i'm like what's going on with michael thomas <laughs> like yeah. it's so much a, a you know cloud of mystery around this guy you know he's basically not played for the last two years why are we still waiting out an ankle injury at this point shouldn't mm. he be well well on his way to being just fine this season so i, I i'm just kind of like more like it's something just doesn't feel right with michael thomas anymore which is crazy because he was the most reliable guy for the first whatever five seasons uh, of his yeah. career, whatever it was, he was like pretty much book it, you know, write it in pen. Uh-huh. And, and now I just, I just don't have any trust. I've lot, he's out of my circle of trust and I just try to find a way to avoid him unless he really drops into like the mid twenties where I'm like, whatever it's, it's worth it at this point, but I'm not, I don't know what his ADP is. I haven't looked, but I, you know, if it's higher than 25, I'm, you know, I'm probably out on him. Yeah. I'm going to, praise Winston more than I will fault him for last year for I mean his top receiver didn't even catch 50 balls nobody topped yeah. 700 yards on this team we're talking about Marquell's Callaway as the number one wide receiver Deontay Harris who's now Deontay Hardy is his number two and Traquan never became a thing Trotman didn't take a step I mean his you want to talk Wait about a minute. Deontay they, Harris changed to Deontay Hardy yeah you didn't know that it was late last I, year I, I completely that, that somehow just went right. <laughs> changed his me. last name of all like didn't change his first name. Changed his last name. That's still Deontay Harris. That's the, that's that's Deontay Harty is wow. Deontay Harris. So anyway, uh, all that being said, is you know we joke about the Bears doing nothing for Justin Fields, and but at least you know Darnell Mooney and Cole. Kome- I mean Jameis and this team, whoever was at quarterback after Jameis. They had nobody. And that that was disgusting. That is probably one of the worst 
passing cores we've seen and receiving cores we've mm-hmm. seen in some time. I won't disagree in the fact that like I don't think Jameis is ever getting back to 300 more weeks than not. That's not the Jameis we know now. Uh, the compliment is the fact that he did become smarter as a passer. Uh, the the completion percentage didn't really go up. Actually, I think it's a downtick from the year before that. But he was making smarter passes. He wasn't turning the ball over. And I think that if you look at it, when you bring in Olave and Jarvis Landry, what style of wide receivers are those to compliment with Michael Thomas? But like, it's the Josh Allen approach, which was the Cam Newton approach. Which was this, when you have somebody who has some inaccuracy issues, you build speed and people who can get open versus mm-hmm. trying to find big guys, which is what they were like. Makes big sense. Marquez Callaway, go downfield. Yeah. Traquan Smith, go downfield. All the rest, little Jordan Humphrey, big guy, go downfield. Like So now they're building this more. Um, I'm with Funston in the fact that I was initially putting Michael Thomas back inside my top 25 until all of a sudden it's... Well, still trying to recover, still has hurdles, still has what the he- I agree with you. What the hell is going on? Uh, but if healthy, Thomas Alave and Jarvis Landry, and I, I don't even care about Troutman at this point, and Kamara out of the backfield, I mean, Jameis could get back to being a QB1. The biggest issue I have here is the adding of Landry really kills Alave as a rookie for what we had hoped when he yeah. was first drafted. I think now you're looking at, let's say Thomas is healthy, wide receiver two. And then the other two are threes, fours, and alternating value. Yeah, it's probably fair. So, to answer your question, Funston, right now, Michael Thomas, and obviously very, very early drafts, uh, is he's got an ADP uh, just outside the top 60. It makes him wide receiver 28. The other wide receivers in his range Juju, Gabriel Davis, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Cooks. I, I mean, we've got to slice and dice that up, but there's definitely two or three of those receivers. I I think right at this point, right now, I'd rather have. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah. Like we're just we're talking, you know, obviously very very removed view, but just to get a, a, a an early lay of the land on where he he is going, um, that's what we're looking at with uh, with Michael Thomas. And yeah, like it's it's kind of a bummer, right? With uh, with uh, for Chris Olave that Jarvis Landry is here because I mean it, there was we were very excited about Chris Olave after he landed here um, with the Saints. I mean, when we did our post-first round episode, we were talking about Chris Olave maybe being in the best spot. You take the player talent out of it, and yeah, I think you know we'll talk about another guy who could certainly make that argument. Uh, but Chris Olave was at least in that discussion. Maybe not so much the case if you do have Michael Thomas back in whatever form he's back in, and then Jarvis Landry in the mix here as well. Uh, is there, I mean, are we, are we, uh, Alvin Kamara is obviously the situation to watch with this team this off season with Mark Ingram back. I mean, does it is I mean, the last time we saw these two guys together, they were both very, very productive. We've obviously now added a couple of years of tread, but like, is this a nice homecoming for Mark Ingram by any chance? Can we make that argument? Mm, I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I saw enough from Mark Ingram last year. And the fact that he was kind of toasty at that point, like mm-hmm. I don't even think not, he looked lackluster. And even with the Saints' homecoming last year, he wasn't productive in that time. So um, I'd say no. I think the the more intrigue is who makes it as the third. Do they? I don't think it's Tony I, Jones, and that's why I know. But, I was just I was just scrambling to look. Who is it? A lot of people are Jones Abram either. Smith, who they got as an right. undrafted free agent. Uh, but you know, the, you can look at that two ways. Is it? Abram Smith and the talent isn't there or is it the NFL and that they just so undervalue running backs at this point that a litany of running backs were left for undrafted mm-hmm. free agents this year. So either way, I think that the truth is if Abram Smith is the number three, go grab him some places late rounds. If it's Tony Jones, go grab. And I, again, I'm not a Tony Jones guy. Uh, if it's 
a Zigbo or they bring in somebody else who's still sitting out there, you know, that's the appeal is going to be the three because I just don't think Mark Ingram has 20 touches in him anymore. Even if they are, they're going to be eh. Right now, uh, Alvin Kamara has an ADP that makes him RB9. The guys right in front of him, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, right behind him, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, our old buddy Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette, a couple of spots I'm, behind him. I have him lower. You have Alvin Kamara lower? Yeah, I'm not getting him at that point because of the suspension. I don't know what it's going to be. I'd rather yeah. take – I like you know, people keep calling me crazy. I'd rather take Barkley banking on that he's healthy. If everybody's okay with rolling – like you're either in or out or Christian McCaffrey, which we'll get to today. Yes. But it's funny that people are like, well, the only reason I don't want him is injury. Well, and there's like, well, then why aren't you making the same situation for Saquon Barkley? Before mm-hmm. he got hurt against the Cowboys, everybody was like, oh, my God, Barkley looks like he's back. Yeah. If you don't want Barkley, that's fine. But I'll take Barkley being healthy for week one with Dable and a great offensive line, or potentially great offensive line, versus Kamara missing four games, maybe yep. more. I'll take Antonio Gibson, even though he, they drafted somebody, his share load, his workload is going to stay the same. I'll take Dalvin Cook, Eckler, Mixon, maybe Akers. Like Kamara for me is in the conversation with Chubb, Akers, and Dobbins for this okay. potential suspension. So what's that? That's that's in like the high end two range, thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't a bad year for Kamara when he did play, but it wasn't up to the level that he had in previous years. I mean, it was 13 games and 47, 49 catches, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he had been over 80 every season before that. He wasn't going to get there last year. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit of that as well. It's like there's no Drew Brees there anymore. We are not, we should not be looking at him with quite the same lens that we did when Drew Brees was there. Yes. But I will say every kind of the people the you know that cover the Saints, a lot of them are are talking about this being pushed to twenty twenty three the the you know the the legal side of things yeah. with his matter. Uh, yeah. well, By the time we're all drafting, we're going to know. I think. I think yeah. we're going to have something. Good. I think we're going to know on on Camara before we get you know halfway through the summer, which is yeah. at least for fantasy football purposes convenient. I mean, just so you know, he had his highest level of touches last year and his second fewest points, but that was only by two points, and that was the year that he scored six touchdowns. Right. Yeah, and it was 3.7 yards per carry, which we know is not a perfect stat, but, like, it's it's worlds away from where he was mm-hmm. at. It's a full yard. It's a full yard lower than what he ever averaged before. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you're, that's where you're looking for maybe – gleaning something out of yards per carry is on the fringes yeah. and so three point I mean you know three we're not gonna we're not gonna kill a guy for having 3.7 yards per carry especially someone with the track record of Alvin Kamara but it's worth noting yeah. that it's you know that big of a downturn for him and so just another thing we'll be watching with the Saints as we get closer and closer to draft season let's talk about Christian McCaffrey let's talk about those Carolina Panthers um Right now, uh, pretty comfortably the RB2 in terms of ADP, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, no one's going to knock him from that perch. I think some people will be willing to take McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is going to be the uh, number one player, the 1.1 1. 1, uh, by ADP, certainly. So then the question is, to McCaffrey or not McCaffrey, where do you guys sit on this? Jake, you go first. Uh, pro McCaffrey. And, and the fact is that if you gave me 16 games of McCaffrey, which I know is a giant question mark, but he could finish as RB1. That's McCaffrey. Every time McCaffrey's on the field, he's scoring 20 to 30 points a game mm-hmm. and a lot of 30s mixed in there. So it, no matter the quarterback, no matter the offense, no matter what's going on, McCaffrey is McCaffrey. The biggest question is just whether or not I can stay healthy. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to play the game unless it's 
degenerative and age. Uh, this isn't, you know, this, he hasn't had the same injury four times. Uh, he hasn't, you know, been dealing with soft tissue every single year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not 29 years old. So I'll roll the dice again. If you don't want to, that's fine. But, you know, Derrick Henry, for all the workload that he's had and finally got hurt, you know, who's the bigger injury risk? I think everybody would default, say, Christian McCaffrey, but I don't know that it's not just a toss-up. And if that's the case, I'm going to take McCaffrey. Yeah, I think what I like the most is, you know, they went out and they got Deonta Foreman, but that is not like, okay, we've had two years of Christian McCaffrey. We need to get a a Robin to his Batman. That is a straight backup. That is a straight depth ad. It's not a Christian McCaffrey type of clone, and I don't think Chuba Hubbard is either. No one does what the versatility and does what McCaffrey does in the open field, and there's no one that they've even tried to bring in to, like, give – some level of that they're just different backs and so to me it tells me we have the highest paid running back in the league and we're gonna keep using him the same way if he breaks down again then we have form we have hubbard we'll just have to Mm -hmm. deal with it but we're going for it with mccaffrey i don't feel like they're lined up to change what they've been doing i think there's a better argument for taking mccaffrey over taylor than there is for taking anyone else over mccaffrey and it's basically mm-hmm. what you guys are saying right here. Like, there's, I, there is no way I am letting Christian McCaffrey slip past second in a in a fantasy draft this year. Just the no, only one, no way. Say the the only one I think you can put in the McCaffrey discussion. It's pure workload. Is Najee Harris just sure. because Najee enough. Harris is getting like mm-hmm. the seventy receptions now? And granted, that might not happen again because now we have different quarterback situation. Trubisky yeah. versus a rookie, and like David Montgomery had fi- totally fine seasons playing with Mitch Trubisky yeah. as his quarterback. Oh, of course, but you know, like I think the real truth comes into: Do you think that Harris repeats seventy receptions? And I think that's doable. But again, now you're talking like what was Najee Harris' peak last year? Two sixty, two seventy. Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey's three hundred peak. So you go Najee Harris if you don't want to take the risk. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, uh, I I think that's I think that's diagnosed correctly. I'm taking McCaffrey a hundred times out of a hundred. Sure, in in those spots, and so I'm like, so so we're unanimous here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Would we all take? Would you guys both take JT Team over McCaffrey? CMC? <laughs> are we both? Are we all oh, yeah. Taylor yeah, one, yeah, CMC yeah. two? Yeah, there's just not a ton of tread on that's been worn off of Taylor's tires. You can, mm-hmm. I mean, it may, may not be a huge upgrade at quarterback, but it is a, a little bit of a you know at this point, I think still an upgrade. The offensive mm-hmm. line is good. Uh, you know, big college workload. Honestly, it's 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 Brian and Philip Lindsay. (laughs) Pretty weak division. You get Houston and Jacksonville. You know, four times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think there's enough there. I I don't know what box Taylor doesn't check because he catches the ball now too. Greatest university experience also in the country. This guy got to come into the NFL (laughs) with. So I mean, that's that's something you got to account for. Also, I just I can't I cannot peacock enough over uh, P. Oh, he, he went to Wisconsin. It's all the offensive line, blah, blah, blah. And then he just has a season for the ages because he's awesome. Well, I think Melvin Gordon and Jonathan Taylor have kind of put that to rest for the most part. We don't have to worry about the Monty balls anymore. And- Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight, Funston. Uh, how much do we hate Sam Darnold still being the quarterback of this team, especially as it relates to DJ Moore, who somehow uh grinded his way to a wide receiver 20 season last year it's more of a question for their front office how much does carolina (laughs) hate that sam darrell's still their quarterback are they going to go after baker mayfield are they going to let matt Matt corral win this job potentially yeah so it's more about what they think than what we think 
in a world where they do go out and get Baker, do you change, Jake, your ranking of DJ Moore at all? No, I changed my ranking of the ancillary pieces or the secondary pieces, whichever you want to put it, because I think there's a chance that Terrence Marshall, if he, you know, Terrace Marshall, (laughs) there's no N in it, uh, that if he fulfills his skill set, He's easily the number two in talent. But again, Mm -hmm. I I mentioned this last year. I've mentioned in other shows is that much like Marquise Lee, he's lazy coming out of college and his routes. He's because he was so much better than everybody else. Uh, So either way, if Robbie Anderson holds him off and stays the number two, I think those become relevant potentially Ian Thomas or whatever happens at tight end, whoever. But like, that's just all it is. I don't think it's really so much. DJ Moore is DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. He's going to finish 15 to 20, just like he does every single year. I think the most hilarious part of it is not even just the front office funds. And I I just love the fact that we want to bury Hertz and heading into his third year, second year as a starter and offense design for him. And we're giving Sam Darnold his 50 billionth chance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't, I don't disagree. DJ Moore. I just want to go back to it. Like, yeah, he's, like if he's on Buffalo and Stefan Diggs is on Carolina, you're basically flip flopping them in the rankings. That's how good uh-huh. DJ sure. Moore is. Sure. It's like it's like, God, he had ninety three catches on that god awful team last year is just unreal. I feel so bad. I thought we're you were wasting- gonna say on his hundred and sixty targets. I know, but <laughs> I feel bad that we're wasting a, a guy's prime like this. Uh-huh. I mean it happens with some guys, Alan Robinson, it happened with as well. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> exactly uh but yeah you know i just you know respect dj Moore. respect one of these days dj Moore scoring more than four touchdowns in a season right i think so uh, yeah maybe <laughs> i mean these Five. last three years it's 87 11 75 and four 66 11 93 and four 93 11 57 and four yeah jake did you put 4.0 as his projection <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> 4.01. Oh, there room. you go. Leave a little bit of upside room. There it is. He's there getting the five this year. It's crazy, though, right? I mean, it's like it's like you are putting in the bank 11.50 and four for DJ Moore. And maybe it's not going to be much better than that, but it sure as heck isn't going to be I mean, worse. No, it's not. But I, I was kind of curious. I was pulling up now to see like what his red zone, or actually even his end zone targets. Where is DJ Moore? Yeah, see, that's part of it, too. He has four red zone targets touchdowns last year all four of his touchdowns but only 13 red zone targets nine end zone targets for reference cooper cup had 37 and 14 Devontae <laughs> adams had 27 and 10 jamar chase 12 and 14 so there we go wow jamar and chase that's... actually had more end zone targets than red zone targets wow oh my god so that's so crazy shots from outside the so red shot zone. yeah yeah wow, wow. yeah that's a fun 14 end zone yeah 14 end zone to 12 red zone well, and, and, you might... know, the, the nine, the nine red zone. Targets, ah, there's one other person or nine. Do you want to guess who the other person is? Gabriel Davis. No, I lied. There's two more. There's two more. <laughs> is Gabriel uh, Davis one of okay. them? No. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Not. No, I was going to NFC West and NFC East. Deshaun Jackson. T- Tyler no. Lockett. Yes. <laughs> and NFC East. Yes. Um, uh, they play a full season. Darius Slayton. No. Can he go different all team? Uh, no, nope. uh, Devontae Smith. <laughs> nope, different team. Oh, uh, uh, like uh, come on! Everybody wants them to be top ten. Cedric Wilson, CD Lamb. Lamb. No, different team. <laughs> oh my God, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not at OTAs, Terry McLaurin. Just for the record, yeah. Uh, Eleven end zone, nine red zone. <laughs> Damn. There you we'll go. Talk about yeah, NFC East. Fun little stats. 
Yeah, those are fun little stats. Fun little stats with Jake. There we go. I'm writing it down. That's going to be a new Fun little stats with Jake Seeley? No, I'm not trying to do that. Jake, give us a fun Jake little Seeley. stat. Jake, give us a fun little stat while we're at it here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on to the uh, last team in this division. That is the Atlanta Falcons. So, like, I, I sort of I said it a little bit at the beginning. Like, this team, they're not going to be a good NFL team. We know that for sure. They're not going to be the greatest fantasy team in the world. I think we know that for sure, too. But, like, is it that bad? Is it, like, I mean, Mario, Marcus Mariota, he did some nice things in Vegas. Like, he can maybe throw the ball a little bit more than Rashard we Matthews. saw from him. And, yeah, uh, well, yeah, boom, there you go. Kyle Pitts, I mean, maybe he's the tight end one. Drake London is here. Maybe he's the best rookie receiver. Uh, Auden Tate, Brian Edwards, Cordell Patterson after the year he had. Like, it, 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 there's, there's, there's some well, meat here, on the he, bone. Right? Here's, some, here's the issue. It wasn't, a, it wasn't good last year. So what did you do? You swapped out Matt Ryan with Marcus Mariota. Does that make you feel like it's better? So well, you, no. you get Drake London, who is – look, at you. even if you love Drake London, I think you have to think he's probably – there's a higher degree of variability in what, how he ends up than there was with Garrett Wilson. Like, Garrett Wilson, to me, was a lot more plug and play. Drake London mm-hmm. could be great, but he could also – bust under Mariota, you know, and it's like, I don't like that they didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, you got uh, Tyler Algier and Mike Davis, and and you're going to use Cordell Patterson more as a wide receiver. Like, they're just basically the same team with arguably, you know. Mike Davis, Damian Williams. Mike Davis (laughs) is still there. No, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, that's right. That's right. The day after the draft. The day after the draft. That's why we were all in on Tyler Algier, but maybe it's Damian Williams. Damian Um, Williams, though, is here. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Damian Williams is the backup if they if things go as planned for them. I think Algier yes. is going to be the lead. Uh, I think Same. that Algier, Cordell Patterson is the backfield uh, very much the very, very, very discount version, but very much of like Arizona or mm-hmm. even Cleveland where Algiers first, second down, maybe sees a handful of targets, but Cordell Patterson, all the pass catching work and a handful of rushes. I I think it's better than you think, Fonson. Late remember last year, it was Kyle Pitts and the end. It was Alameda yeah. Zacchaeus and Demir Bird no and Frank. Well, Dar- I mean, Frank was- Darby was getting on the field. Like that's they were just I, yeah. obliterated last year. I mean, year. Russell Gage was like a like on had a hundred percent roster rate. We're fantasy. ignoring the the Cordero experience, which ha- which went a long time, and then they started like <laughs> stopped stopped doing what they were doing early with him, and they stopped giving sure. him as much touches. But like Cordero was was the guy there you know um he, I don't know he was I, but that's yeah but I, that was him and Pitt, like you said and russell gage and russell gage who is volume miscast as the number one wide receiver i i i don't disagree that london has bust potential i think it's slimmer than some people believe i'm not saying you believe that uh i just think that drake london kyle pitts who there is talk by the way i was reading an article i think it was last week they were talking about the fact that if you look at the signings of tate and Hodge and who Allison. Yeah. Well, the trade for this is before the Edwards trade. So it might change a little bit now, but there's been a lot of talk that Pitts is going to spend a lot of time out wide, which he did already as a rookie and Mm -hmm. basically stripped the tight end name on him. He is 
by the way, they brought Marcus in Marcus Colston Harris. back. Yahoo Marcus uh, Colston. No, uh, I was gonna say uh, not, I was gonna say Hayden, Anthony Ferkser, who is very much like Hayden Hurst in that blocking yeah. tight end mold. Uh-huh. And so you know, have Pitts is London technically as your one and two. So yeah. in any case, well, and you know, you go back to Tennessee. Delaney Walker was Marcus Mariota's go-to guy. He never, mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah. there was a touchdown year from Matthews, but Mariota loved throwing to his tight end. Yeah, Matt, so. yeah. Matthews had like 900 receiving yards. He had Delaney a solid Walker year. had some awesome years. Yeah, yeah. Delaney I mean, there was, was a consistent There were those years where guy. Delaney was like a tight end, like the like a top five tight end for a couple of years in a row, right? I'm just yeah. saying, and let's not throw out the possibility that Desmond Ritter is the quarterback at some point. That's like, true. Yeah, you know, and I think that's an upgrade from Marcus Mariota. Well, so. I am all in on Kyle Pitts. I've been picking him up in mock drafts, like left and right. Like I, I, I I'll put it this I, way: I where do you have him at tight end? He might be number two. I think it's Kelsey, and then it's Andrews and I, Pitts. In a I had tier. Pitts a, at one. I had him at one before they traded yeah. away Matt Ryan. There is a very easy path to Kyle Pitts tight end one this season. I mean, like, yeah, it's almost look, like the same year, a little bit better, but. Score a normal amount of touchdowns for the volume, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, look at like, what, look at what he did last year on that team where there were no other receiving options, and, and like, and we we're, we're all counting sixty eight for one thousand twenty six as a disappointing season because he had one touchdown. I mean, that's uh, one sixty eight catches, one hundred ten targets. Well, not we. Those add up to a thousand thirty <laughs> yards, and he got yeah, one you're touchdown. Not, I know you're that's not ridiculous. saying it either. Yeah, what is we, what like is the, the same numbers? What does the same numbers with six touchdowns work out to? If he like, in I mean, that's thirty of, more points. One seventy-two. He's tight end number three behind Kelsey and Andrews. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And that's it, like, I mean, that's a rookie. It doing, I would it, assume. I, I would assume any predictive metrics where you give a guy sixty-eight grabs on hundred ten targets probably gives him somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. He's like, there is, there is so much tight end one goodness with Kyle Pitts this year. I mean, talk about a dude who could very easily just be the like breakout superstar well, if he regardless gets, of position. If he gets 20 more targets, uh-huh. Which he he's passing Kelsey in receptions and yards, and yes. then the touchdowns gets there. So he's already at Kelsey if he just gets 20 more targets. Assuming, ADP again, of- the touchdowns go up. I will say this. Touchdown variance, given the exact same numbers, he should have more the next year. Yes. That being said, it is Marcus Mariota. I, I will agree with <laughs> Funston that. Sure. Well, because I think at the end of the year, if we say Marcus Mariota starts 17 games, throws for 3,200 yards, 16 touchdowns wouldn't raise any eyebrows mm-hmm. so now it's like okay he got three and now we're talking about like a julio jones year to pull into the falcons again <laughs> yeah. 30 and a half is his adp right now some other players he's rubbing elbows with uh keenan allen james connor michael pittman jalen waddle i take over half of those you take him over all i those would take him over half i would take him over waddle and connor but not pittman not and pittman or allen no funston you said you're scooping them up left and right in mock drafts you're in. Yeah, I think. Oh, what I was gonna say about that is is so many people have Andrews number two, and which I mm-hmm. love, and it's really kind of like that signals me getting pits. Is as soon as Andrews goes, that's the time. It's like because the starting gun. The Kyle. It's Pitt's the starting, starting gun. gun. Please last to me, <laughs> and, you, and you hope you're within a you know three or four pick range where it's conceivable that he'd still be there. But you I, know what's fun? I know we're not talking about this, but yeah. when we get to the NFC East, the fallback plan. Still being undervalued as Dalton Schultz. I like, yeah. just, I'm telling you, he's the fallback plan for this. He, from he, Kyle Pitts or from like the top tier tight end class? No, as in, if I, yeah, if I miss out on Kelsey Andrews Pitts, forget, I, I'm not doing Kittle and Waller. I'm just waiting to get Schultz because he's not he, going and he's on, he deserves to be in that same conversation as Kittle and Waller. Tight end five last year. I know. And then we have, is Gallup healthy? Rookie? Tolbert? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, 
Yeah, the, o- the only her, thing that he that shouldn't be able to bring back, you know, he had the 78 catches, 800 yards. The only thing you can say is maybe there's TD regression to like six, you know, instead of eight or five or six. But even still, if I you get more yards, if you feel like your your floor is 78 catches and 800 yards for your tight end, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good place to be. You know? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. The uh, the. We're going to have to do NFC East next because I just pulled up Dalton Schultz and the person who's directly after him in ADP is freaking hilarious and an amazing like uh, like debate draft day debate. So we're going to have to do NFC. No, no, it's, it's not. It's, believe it or not, it is not Jeff Swain because Dalton Schultz has an ADP of seventy eight point seven. It's Dallas uh, but, Goddard because his, his name is Dallas, and so there you uh, go. We'll we'll see. Those are a couple of predictions. I mean, that's this a better is, guess. I was going to say Dak Prescott, but it's <laughs> good. It's good. It's a good one. We can have like a fun. Who has more touchdowns, Dalton Schultz, or wait till the next episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast because we are going to wrap things up here for this episode. For Jake and Funston, I'm Michael Beller. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with the NFCs next. I guess. We just figured it out right there on the fly. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon.